Well, praise God. Come on, give yourselves another hand. I just want to thank everybody that, as Pastor Josh was saying, I'm Pastor Bubba. I'm the, uh, I'm the senior pastor here and also in Jenny, and uh, I'm thinking where I am, Crowley and in Eunice. It's been a long week. I, be, I tried, tried to find my brains. I left them in a ditch about five days ago, still trying to recover. We, everybody's just worked tirelessly and, and hard. And y'all give it up for Pastor Josh. It's worked hard. And Lindsay and Tracy, and, you know. So many, so many volunteers that have just come and thank you. And there's too many names to recognize, but God has just been doing incredible things. So many different things have taken place over this past week. And it's just amazing. And just, I believe this, the church of Jesus Christ is the hope of the world. And when things go bad and everything happens, I mean, the church, that's our place to rise up. Amen. And so this morning, I know I'm going to get right into the message, but I really want to talk. How many of you know that we've all gone through different emotions during this flood? Some people have worried. Some people have been mad. Some people just been, you know, I mean, you, you, some of you, y'all been like, I'm just saying, some of you need forgiveness in your heart. Y'all been going, we need to put the gri-gri on my neighbor. He needs a flood. And I mean, all of y'all, I mean, so there's a place of forgiveness here too. But I just want to say this, is that this morning, I really feel like I have a message for all of us that can help us through our emotions. Because, you know, you can't live by emotions. How many of you are talking about? Emotions come and emotions go. But I, I believe this, is that Jesus stays the same no matter what we go through, no matter what we, no matter what we walk through. Amen? And so this morning, I just want to read a portion of Scripture, and it's found in Psalms chapter 42. And we're going to talk about our emotions, and, and, and we're going to talk about... But most of all, we're going to talk about our soul. And so what happens is in, a, in, in Psalms uh, chapter 42, verse 5, in the message version, it says, Why are you down in the dumps, dear soul? Why are you crying the blues? Let me ask you something. Have you ever talked to yourself before? How many of you have ever just like, man, this is a bad day? And you start preaching to yourself a little bit. And so this morning, when your heart gets messed up, it messes up everything. Even your emotions get caught up in that whole situation, in those circumstances. Let your kids be spoken evil of. You know what I mean? Mama, you're going to rise up. I remember one time a little boy, uh, a little boy went to my daughter. We have five sons. I only have one little girl. And he went to his, my daughter and, and he told her she was ugly. My youngest son, who doesn't much, you know, he, he would never hug her or kiss her in public nor at my house. Rose up and said, you ain't going to mess with my sister. And we tell the older brother, they were going to school to take him out. But anyway, we had to stop him. But we can, you know, I was close to thinking about, so I was tempted. But here's the thing is, you know, for many of us, one of the biggest emotions that we all have to deal with in our lives sometimes is unforgiveness. You know, because sometimes there are things that happen to us that are un, that were never planned or someone took advantage of us emotionally, physically, whatever it may be. And then, you know, and, and I just know this, any bitterness or resentment, how someone has treated you, it pollutes you. You know what? It's like if someone's mistreats you, you feel like, you know, I'm, you feel like I'm not only going to get even, but I'm going I'm to put one up on them. You ever feel that way? And see, unforgiveness is like setting yourself on fire and hoping that someone dies next to you of smoke inhalation. It's true. Or drinking poison, you drinking the poison and you're hoping someone else dies because the poison you drank. And see, unforgiveness is like, is that what Hebrews says it like this. See to it that no one, listen, falls short of the grace of God. How many of you know that we all need the grace of God? 
It's God's riches at Christ's expense. And he says this, and to no bitter root grows up inside to cause trouble and to defile many. What is a bitter root? It's something that you allow, that you don't cut off, that you allow to grow, begin to fester in your life. And all of a sudden you end up doing things, thinking things that you never thought you would ever do, going places you never thought you'd ever go, and staying somewhere further than you ever thought you'd ever stay at that position. But see, some of you have trouble in your life and you don't think it's connected to your heart. But can I just tell you something? It is. Everything. The Bible says everything flows out of the heart. The issues of our lives. You know, it's kind of like the story I heard about Boudreaux and Thibodeau. Did y'all hear about that? Boudreaux was so mad one day he was coming in and his chest was sticking out. And Thibodeau goes, boo, how come your chest is sticking so way out? He said, because every time Gidry comes to the store and I got my cigars in my pocket, he smacks me on the chest and and he messes up my cigar. So today I put dynamite in it. So when he blows it, you know. How stupid is that? But the reality is that, that hap- that's what we are sometimes. We're just like that. You know, it reminds me, you know, so what do you do with that? You got to let it go. Kind of like the song says, let it go, let it go, let it go. But see what happened? The story always, see, we always remember. See, we can't forget sometimes that things that, things that people have said, things that people have done. You remember that, that whole thing, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt. How many of you know that's not true? Words do hurt and they do stick. But sometimes we have to learn to learn to forget. Doesn't mean you always forget, but it reminds me of a little boy and he's he's out playing ball. They got his glove and the bat and they're throwing back and forth. And then Bobby runs back in the he runs back in the home. Johnny runs back into his house and he goes, That's it. I'm never playing with Bobby again. Never. And the next day he's running out the door with his ball and his glove and he goes, Hey mom. I'm going to Bobby's house. She goes, what? I thought you were never going to go back to us. Oh, me and Bobby, we're good forgetters, mom. (laughs) You see, be generous. Be generous. Detail your forgiveness. Don't do yourself a favor. Look at me. Learn to forgive people. Can I, let me ask you, how many of you have ever had somebody said something or did something to you that you've held on to and it's controlled you? And then you know that, you know, at one point in my life, I had to forgive them. Okay, thank you. And the rest of you, we're praying for you. <laughs> or no, y'all pray for us. You see, the, the, the next thing is, is that another one is comparison. Another most sometimes is comparison. What people think. You are cons- Some people are so consumed what people think and what they're doing. In other words, one of the most toxic things in our culture is, as they say this, is identity crisis. Who am I? What am I? What do I, what do I become? What are you not? See, we are not getting our identity from who, who made us. We're getting our identity from things like Facebook. Come on, look at me. I'm going to tell you something. Some of us need to have a little Facebook fast. Because you know what? People on Facebook, they put their best picture up there. They don't have the one where mama and daddy are fighting and go, here, you want to see what my mama's really like? We always have the, the nice quotes and the nice things and, you know, it's wonderful, it's beautiful and all that. But that's not life. Facebook is a fallacy. That's not life. That's not where you get your identity from. If you do, I feel sorry for you. See, don't let culture define what love and sexuality looks like. In other words, you're looking at the wrong thing. James says, it, but if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it. Deny the truth. 
or deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come down from heaven, but earthly, unspiritual, demonic. For where you are, where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you find disorder and every evil practice. See, the thing is, I encourage you. You can't get your identity from Hollywood. You can't get your identity from the, the latest craze. You can't get your identity from those things. See, another emotion that maybe you've dealt with, and I'll just make a confession. I'm just going to confess, is anger. Have you ever dealt with anger? Wow. Come on. We got, I'm feeling good about it. I'm fixing to confess my own sin this morning. Because, you know, they say this. If you put a D on anger, it means danger. Because, see, you know, at the beginning, and let me just say, see, if you don't think people deal with this, get on I-10. <laughs> or just look around. You know, this past, this, you know, I mean, there's two kinds of anger. There's two kinds of angry people. There's, the one is called the loud skunk. They go in there and they're loud. <laughs> and they stink up the whole room. Then there's the quiet turtle. Just, you know, they're quiet, but you can tell they're, what's wrong with you? Nothing. Once you loosen your jaw, come out. But see, the most important thing is, is it, it's the mindset of Americans. We're upset about everything. We're upset about the economy. We're upset about schools. We're upset about marriages. We're upset about kids. You go on and on. If you leave that unchecked, it pollutes every part of your body. You know, we got together a couple, I don't know what day. I mean, I don't know what my days of the week. I know it's Sunday. I had to be here this morning, you know. And and what happened is, like, during this, we got all the pastors together through this area and said, hey, we need to rise up and stand up. We want to be the church, love people, and we don't want to, we don't want to be about our Savior's church. We want to reach out. And let me just say, we have some wonderful, incredible churches in our area, and there's some great men of God. Let's give it up for them. Come on. And so, actually, uh, people were praying, and I actually went to the, I found the owner who owned the uh, Gulf Coast Autoplex, and I called him, Mr. Walter, and asked him if we could borrow the place. And he brought me out there, and he said, absolutely, how many keys you want? And he said, y'all can use this as long as you want, whatever you need. And just really wanted, he said, I want to help the community. And so we got it all secured, got all the pastors back, and, you know, working together. And then there was this one group that, because they had to work to get, work for the people that he's accountable to, you know, and I found out I got and and I called them and I said, Hey man, you want to, well, we're not going to locate there. And can I just be honest with you? Look at me. I got mad. I got angry and I got fashade. I did. And over a couple of days started getting to me. Are you hearing me? Then God began to speak to me. And can I see this is what happens when you have anger or any emotion that we have. We want to pin the reason why we feel the way we do on someone else. And it just so happened to be that person. And really, God was going, oh, no, Bubba, you got a button in there and I'm going to press your button, baby. And whatever's in you, I'm going to try to get out of you. And I'm, you know, sometimes we like to hold on to things. No, my button. I like my button. I live for my button. Come on. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And literally, I, I had to, we get together on Tuesday mornings with all the pastors. And I told my pastors and I said, hey, man, 
I got to go to this pastor and I got to ask for forgiveness. Will y'all pray for me? So they prayed for me and I went immediately, went over there. And I just asked for forgiveness. And actually what I did is I had an envelope in it. And on the envelope, just let y'all know what we did with all the pastors that served, not only here, but in Crowley and in Eunice that served our church. What we did is we, I wrote a letter to every one of them, thanked them for all they do for their community. And I said, let's not forget about your greatest ministry. And your greatest ministry is your wife. In the midst of us serving others, let's not forget about you investing in your wife. And we gave every one of them a $100 gift, gift card for they could take their wife out. Amen. Isn't that something good to do? And he read that and he thought that I was and forgetting. Oh, you don't have to do that because you have. I, no, I did that for everybody. So don't feel special. <laughs> and I asked him, I said, will you forgive me? And will you pray for me? And what he said, he said, forgive me for the tone in which I spoke to you. And we did. And we've been friends for 25 years. So and, and how many of you want to know who it is? I'm not telling you. None of your business. Because God knows. Can I just tell you, look at me. God was dealing with me. And God wants to deal with us in our emotions. Sometimes we like to hold on to things and we feel comfortable in that. See, he says, I ask you, why are you mad? This is what the scripture says. What causes fights and quarrels among you? That's easy, pastor. They're sitting next to me. That's not what I'm talking about. Don't, then it goes on to say, don't they come from the desires that battle within you? How many of you know that we all have battles that go on on the inside of us? How many of you ever fought with yourself? How many of you fussed at yourself, much less cussed at yourself? You know? But see, we can get mad at ourselves, but you know what the common denominator has, has been with every fight that I've been in? Can I tell you what the common denominator is? In every fight that I've been in with someone, it's me. Hello? Every fight. You know what I hate? When me and my wife have gotten in fights, and I realize she's right. And you spirit, you feel the spirit of the crawfish. You need to back up and go like, I'm sorry. But you don't want to. Come on. Don't y'all look at me like, my pastor. That's a lie. I see y'all. Where I've had to go and go, I'm... (laughs) I said things, did things I shouldn't have said or done. Will you forgive me? Hello. And sometimes forgiveness in words, sometimes forgiveness is the actions that you take after the words are spoken. Y'all are quiet. Is that all right? Because here's the thing. You, you see, you want something, but you don't get it. All anger is rooted in that sentence. You want something and you don't get it. Go to a Walmart line and tell your children no for that demonic little aisle that they have right when you're about to check out. No. That's us. We don't do that, but we act like that inside. I remember reading this true story happened in Abbeville, Louisiana, probably about 18, 19 years ago, where a guy was so mad at his parents because he asked them for a brand new car and they wouldn't give it to him and he killed them. Made national news. But what he did not know after he killed his parents, his Corvette showed up at Service Chevrolet 
two days after he had killed his parents. How I many you know anger turns into danger if you don't work on it? Hello, you don't walk in forgiveness and you end up saying things, doing things, and acting out things that you never thought you would ever do. You know, I had a, I had a, you know, I like this. Get on the interstate 10. I have a right to that lane. What are you doing? That's my lane. Anybody feel that way? I mean, I, I, but that fool came over and got my lane. I can't believe that. You know, I had a right to have a happy marriage, but God stuck me with her. Or God stuck me with him. See, I'm going to get your attention this morning because, see, what happens in order to get to your emotions, you got to get a little emotional. It's Pastor Bubba, you're not playing fair. No, I'm not. But see, you kill. Listen, it says you kill in covenant, but you cannot have. What you want. So you quarrel and fight. When you use my. See the Bible says. When you. Here's it. When you use. Your words. To let someone know. How mad you are. That may change your circumstances. But it doesn't change you. See. Do you, do you, have, you do not have. Because you did not ask God. See here's. Scripture says that. Do you. Do you know how. How sick your soul is. Is this. Is it. The guy that cuts you off. And you go, well, you know, I mean, do you, how many of you ever respond when people cut you off? I was driving to bring my kids to school the other day. There was a girl driving and she, I thought she was drunk. She was going in lanes and stuff. And I get close to her and she's texting as she's driving and something wants to come out of me. It's like, I wish I could knock on her window. Get off the phone. Drive. No. But I was just mad. I was like, God, what's up? What's up? You see, you know what it's like when you must deal with anger. Here's what I wrote this week in my devotion. I wrote this when I was dealing with this and I, God was dealing with me. God was pressing my button. And he said this, when you deal with anger, don't nurse it. Don't rehearse it. What you going to do? How are you going to do it? Or the moment. Don't converse about it to other people to justify it. Or don't disperse it. Instead, you must learn to reverse it. What do you mean? You want to change the situation? And see, you want to change the situation, but here, look at me. God wants to change you. God wants to change me. And so he allows those things to come out of us so we can identify the things that we need to allow God to change us in. I'm going to talk about that in a little bit. And the, la- and the, la- and the next one is called worry. None of y'all ever do that in here, do you? Some of you worried about, you know what, this is my first time here. He's a sharp preacher, but he looks like he's going to be long. We don't know. (laughs) You know, if you really look at worry, and if you elevate worry, his nearest cousin is called fear. Worry, it's like Corey Tamboon used to say this. His worry is an old man with a bented head carrying a load of feathers, which he thinks are lead. In other words, worry is assuming a responsibility God never intended you to have. Not only that, worry t- tries, to change, tries to change the past, control the future, and pollute your now, right now. You see, the question, is what, the question is not whether you are a worrier, but what do you do when you worry? You freak out. Freak out! Mm-hmm. 
If you don't do the right thing when you worry, worry will pollute you and it will graduate to fear, guys. See, Matthew says this, can any one of you, by worrying, add one single hour to your life? See, I grew up, my grandmother, I used to look at it. I'm not one of those kind of guys that worry a lot. I don't have fear, but my emotion sometimes is anger. Can I just be honest with you? I just, sometimes I can be the skunk, I can stick up the room, and sometimes I can be the turtle. Hello, y'all pray for me. But see, here's the reality is that I can remember my grandmother. I mean, everything. She go, go outside. Hey, bring a stick. Why? Because if there's a snake, you need to kill the snake with a snake. But if you see the snake and you have a stick, run. Well, how did that make sense? I'm going to kill that sucker. You know? I mean, it, it, you know, it's like, oh, it's going to rain. You know what South Louisiana people do? If it rains, you don't go anywhere. You have My wife's from Washington State. We've argued what's the wettest state in the United States. Hawaii is number one, and then we're number two. Okay, now we're probably number one with what we just had. And, and it's like she was so amazed at being like, it rains all the time. Why do people just stay home? Why don't they get out and do something? Because in Washington, it's gray, and it drizzles, and it's kind of... Anyway. It can be depressive. They have more suicides there than any place in the United States. There in Oregon, northern and in Northern California, it just can be be that way. It can be beautiful when it's beautiful, but but here's the thing: you can do. Listen, you can't do anything by worrying. If you have all your stock in this life, this place will mess you up. Because we're not living for this place only. We're living for a place that we're going to go to one day, and it's called heaven. It's not about getting a mansion. It's not about just walking on the streets of gold. It's getting to meet the man. Get the, we get to meet the face behind the voice that guided us and spoke to us and brought hope and deliverance in our hearts and our souls. Because, see, look at me. Religion will mess you up, but a relationship with Jesus will get you in the right direction where you need to go. I've gotten mad and angry before I was a Christian. I used to get mad and angry at religious people because I didn't like them. You know? And it, but when I met, when I saw a guy, I saw my grandmother change. And I saw a, a young guy that I knew was one of my best friends that I used to always blame. When I got in trouble, I always blamed him for my troubles. And uh, so my mom hated him, but it was really me influencing him. But I saw his brother totally radically change. And I thought, if God can change that wild, crazy guy then there might be hope for me. And see, I mean, you know it, I've heard it, but if you're new this morning, I mean, my mother was Methodist and my dad was Baptist. They fought. We didn't go to church much. My grandmother on my dad's side, my, my dad's mama was Jehovah Witness. My mama's mama was charismatic. My mama left my dad and married another man, and he was Catholic. So I didn't need religion. I needed my state of confusion. I went to public school, Episcopal school, Catholic school, got kicked out of school, didn't know what school. By the time I graduated high school, I was at 15 different schools. So, I mean, I drank holy water. I'm still here. I ate the Eucharist when it wasn't blessed. Pray for me. I was hungry at Cathedral Carmel. One of my friends told me, you eat that, you're going to bleed from the inside out. I was looking in the mirror all the so I was the least religious person in the world. But I, and, and I used to get in arguments with, with the priest, and then, except for one nun. She always was nice to me, and she would always bring me milk and biscuits in the morning because I was late every morning for a class because religion was my first class. And I knew she'd give me grace. 
And the only thing we ever did in her class was read the Bible, which was good. I found out that's what the word, the red letters meant. Those were Jesus' words where I learned. So I learned something. You see, the Bible says in Proverbs, keep your heart with all diligence for out of it spring the issues of life. What does that mean? Whatever inside of you is eventually going to come out of you. The issues of your heart. See, God's more interested in your heart than what you think. Because, see, I've learned this. Sometimes I've wrestled with the Bible. Sometimes I go, is, can we do that? I mean, God, I mean, but here's my thing. I believe the Bible, everything it says. It's my will being crossed by the will of God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Because there's a lot of things I have that are my thinking, but it's not really God's thinking. And you know what? So here's the thing. If your soul, if you've been toxic in your soul, in, 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 in some of these areas that I'm talking about, the first thing you need to do, you need to get in right relationships. What does that mean? God's solution to, to toxicity in your soul is, just, is, is not just you, but to talk to, to talk to God about what's going on inside of you. And talk to other people that it's going, what's going on inside of you. See, in two weeks, we're going to start our life groups again. And that's a place where you can take off the mask. and do, It's a place where you can just be yourself. That's one thing. When I came to know Jesus, it's like I didn't have to put on the mask anymore. I could literally take the mask off and be who God created me to be. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Instead of trying to be someone that I'm not, that I can have my frustrations, that I can have my fears. I could have my worries. I could have my doubts. You know, God doesn't mind doubts as long as you, you're open to being, being able to receive what God's trying to speak to you through other people and through His Word. There's nothing wrong with that. Look at Doubting Thomas. The cool thing he got to do, Jesus said, oh, you weren't here. Remember when the other left? I mean, how many of them got people that doubt everything you say? They have to have evidence. Remember Jesus came back when, after His resurrection. He said, hey, Thomas, come here, buddy. You said, unless you touch my side and touch my hands, you wouldn't believe. Here, here I am. Come touch me. No, Lord, no. He goes, my God, my Lord, my God, you are. There's nothing wrong with doubt. As long as you're open to receive what God wants to speak to you through your doubts. You see, do you have a place that you can do that? See, if you've, if you've got toxicity where, where you feel, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to blow up, I pick up the phone. I'm, you know what I've, I've learned to do? I have a pastor, Pastor Jacob, right there. I had some guys, we were doing the 21 days of prayer just this couple weeks, like a week, I don't remember, during this time, okay? And I, we were praying and we opened up and people were here praying and we had the music playing, worship music, and there was, some of us just walk around, some kneel, some just, and everything, and I was out by the hall and I was just reading my Bible and, and there was two young guys they, they were Mexicans and they knock on the door and I'm like reading my Bible and I'm like I didn't see them coming hey man hey uh, you the you the you the priest I go yeah, I don't have time next month yeah <laughs> Father Bubba anyway no <laughs> and I go I go he goes hey man uh, we brown men <laughs> He said, you mind if brown men come in? He said, we're sweaty, we're dirty. And some of the guys were helping with us. They were at Friendships Ministry in Lake Charles. We had, actually, we had bought them some clothes because they could spend a night in my house that night. Somebody in the, brought them in, and, 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 they, and they go, hey, we got some clothes. So they went in the bathroom and they changed. He goes, man, I'm, we're sorry, Pastor Baba, but we didn't know if you would let brown men in the church. I go, what? 
I, said, I looked at him and said, finally, I said, hey, listen, a brown man led me to Jesus. That was my pastor. He's a Mexican. He's Mexican. He's been in Cajun country long enough, so now we call him a Mexican. Okay? If a brown man can lead me to Jesus, any brown man's welcome here. Come on. Hey, it's kind of like when I was young. I'm not going to say it. No, I'm not. Oh, no, no, no. Jesus, help me. But sometimes when I feel toxic and I have things, I got to call my pastor. I call overseers that oversee my life that have been walking with me. I've been walking with my pastor for 36 years. I have people that have been in my life that are overseers. When I get, when something I'm going through, I call them. And that's what a life group's all about. You get to be able to be who you are. Talk about what you go through. Talk about what you face. Do you have someone like that? Do you? If you don't, you're going to be toxic. You're going to be like a time bomb. See, chances are people, chances are your life is filled with people who don't love God and they don't love you and they don't care. The most important decision you will make in your life is the people you choose to be around. Let me just say this. Show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Show me your friends. Hey, when I, I mean, let me go on. Proverbs thirteen twenty says, he who walks with the wise grows wise. How many of you want to be wise in the house here? Can anybody want to be wise? How many of you want to have understanding? How many of you want wisdom? How many of you want to be a good daddy, a good mama, a good, a good wife, a good husband? Anybody like that here? The rest of you, I'm wondering about you. You want that in your life. We all do. But here's what the scripture says. But a companion of fools suffers harm, goes to jail, is upside down in the ditch. Those are added. Because before I knew Christ, I had stupid written on my forehead. And I just so happened to think that I thought everybody at Hungwood had stupid written on their forehead too. So I thought if they had it, I had it. Let's hang out. (laughs) And it got me in more trouble than I needed to be in. See, Proverbs says it, I mean, for every one of us. And then the next thing is God-defined identity. Here's what you need to find. You can't find your identity in people that have stupid written in their forehead. You need to find your identity in people that love God. God made you, and He alone will help you understand who you are. Please don't listen to your feelings. The culture. Hollywood, come on. Let God define who you are. Listen, if he made you, listen, if something goes wrong with this, I'm calling Apple. Why? Because they designed this thing and they know more about it than I do. When something goes wrong in life, you need to be picking this up. It's called the Bible. I got it in here, but I do read it. This. This is the life manual. The most two most unread books in the world are the Bible and the owner's manual of your car. But let something go wrong with your car. You're pulling out the manual, right? Come on. When something goes on in life, you need to be pulling out the life manual. It tells you how to be a good citizen, how to spend money, how to find the right mate, how to live the way you should be, how to raise children. This is the manual of life. And people made fun of it. People have said things about it. But have they read it? Do they know the person of these letters? 
My wife and I, when we were dating, we, before cell phones and before all this stuff, we have letters in my attic that we wrote to each other. It don't mean much to you, but when I pull out the letter, I go, whoo, I feel fuzzy. I feel lightheaded. Because we were traveling. She'd be one part of the country. I'd be in the, I mean, for months we went to see each other when we were engaged. But see, you get those letters, you go, what? That's stupid. He called her what? See, we had names for each other. I'm not telling you. It doesn't mean much to you because you're not intimate with that person. But when you're intimate with the person of the book, it means so much more. Galatians says that be careful. Exploration of who you are and the work you have been given. And then sink yourself into that. Don't be impressed with yourself. In other words, you ain't all that. Don't compare yourself with others. Don't we do that? Like my little girl and her friends, they buy the same things. Why? They want to be alike. It's okay. I'm not saying part of the reason why our soul is so toxic is because we haven't let God define us first who we are. You know who's the best you? You. I don't care. I don't define. You know, I don't. If you don't define yourself, everyone else that loves you or thinks they love you will try to define you. Listen, I've gone through those stages. I've been a Christian for 35 years. I've been a pastor, full-time senior pastor over all these churches and all that for 16 years. But before that, I was preaching on everywhere. And I've tried. I've tried to be TDJ. Come on, come on, come on, come on. I've tried to be Billy Graham. You in the balcony. Come, come. There's room at the cross. I've tried to be R.W. Shamba. Don't you touch that dog. Come on. You know what I'm talking about? God, you know what I mean? I can't go home and go, come on, baby. Come on, come on, come on. She goes, what is that? She'll slap the T.D. Jakes out of me. You're laughing, but come on. Whatever sphere of influence you have, you try to be like everybody else when God just wants you to be you. Because you're the best you you can be. But you only find your identity when you find this and you find security in God. My security is never found by what people say and what they do. Because one day you'll have fans and next day you'll have enemies. You try to feed people in the line. We're trying to give help people during the flood and stuff. Some people still get mad at you. You want to go, what's that all about? I want a pimp slap. Don't look. I mean, you want. Pastor Bubba, we're praying for you. You, you had a lot of anger issues. Miss <laughs> Tracy, are you sending him to a counselor? I'm really not that bad. Anyway, I'm not going to do an estimation of myself. Anyway, this is why we want everyone. Wanna, that's why some, you know what? You want to know about what our church is? You need to go to the next step. It starts next week, like Pastor Josh said. Find out more about your relationship. It's not about being just a member here. It's about finding out who you are in God. Because that's the, the last thing I want. I want you, you know, it's not about our church serving here. It's about G- us being the hands and the feet of Jesus. Because let me tell you something. We might have fed bellies. We might have fixed houses. But God's still speaking to hearts. Right. And he's the loudest people that he's speaking to are the people that already know him. 
And he said, what are you going to do about this? What are you going to do? You see, we need, you know what? You just need four Sundays. This is the hardest. Here's the hardest one that I want to share with you. I'm going to wrap it up. Let it help you the most. And sometimes it's most, most misunderstood. You need to learn to live a crucified life. What does that mean? I've heard that, Pastor. What does that mean? Let me explain it just in real simple terms. You start every day by finding the things that are not like God. And every day put those things to death. You start that day. That's how you start the day. It's not your opinion. It's what God says. That's why maybe you need a devotional. You go buy your little devotional. Or you need to read the one-year Bible. Or you need to find. Or I don't have. Look, there are tools to get you in the word of God. There's tools to help you. There's tools out there if you're dealing with different issues in your life. But let me just say this. It's finding that. See, the Bible says in Galatians, I have been crucified with Christ. I no longer live. But Christ lives in me. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I spend time with God. That's why you have to crucify worry. That's where you have to crucify anger, fear, comparison. Dead people don't get angry or jealous. So Paul said, I die daily. How many you know that we all need to die daily? You know why? Because the old person wants to have a little resurrection sometimes. And sometimes we need to put that old person back in the grave where it belongs. Amen? Because a dead person, you can go to, you can go to a funeral and a dead person, you can bring out... I don't care what restaurant you go to in town. It could be Ruth's Chris Steakhouse. And you can have a, a sizzling steak. And you push it by a dead person. They're not getting up and go, give me a bite. They're dead. If you don't have this one, this next one. I just believe this. Sometimes we go, man, I'm my health. I'm good with my health. I'm good. I'm, I'm good. There's nothing wrong with me. I'm, I'm fine. You don't know what can happen with your health. Something can happen just like that. You think everything's together. Everything's perfect. You can't put everything in your life in this earth basket. Here's the last one. You need to learn to have an eternal perspective. See life with eternity in mind. What do you mean, Pastor Baba? My grandmother, Pastor Josh's grandmother, are part of a club called Grandmas Don't Give Up Club. What do you mean, Pastor Baba? I'm a product, Pastor Josh's product, and many of your products because they had grandmothers praying for you or mamas. I'm telling you. My grandmother used to call me up 3 o'clock in the morning when I get my... I mean, I don't know how she knew. I walked in the door of my apartment and bling, bling, And she goes, boy. The, it wasn't the Holy Spirit. Back then it was called, the Holy Ghost woke me up. He did. What did he say? And she just started sharing things with me from the Word. Just scare me. Make chills go up my spine. Just to pray for me. Pastor Josh, he's going to pray for him. to get up early stay up late my wife and i used to fight she's a night person i'm a morning i get up well it's kind of changed over the years but but i get up get up early and 
try to spend time with God. She's kind of, she'll read all night. You know? And she reads in the morning. I don't know what's her problem reading, but she reads. Because she loves God. That's the thing that attracted me to my wife. She loved God more than she loved me, and, I, and it stayed that way. First thing, when I, tried, I heard her pray, and I saw her in a bathing suit. That helped. <laughs> That's the one, Lord. I see the lie. You, the Lord is my shepherd, and I won't. Anyway. Some of y'all are too stuck in the mud this morning. Eternal perspective. You know what I learned this week? As all of us have served and all of us have given this week. We have a lot of rice. We grow a lot of rice around here. One of the things about rice, in order to make it grow, you got to flood the fields. Then you take the water out. And the harvest comes. Right? And I know this. That when a flood comes in the natural, the harvest of what's inside of us comes out of us. Hello. And sometimes we go, God, I see it. And we pray for crop damage. Amen. So you can come to church and go live like you want and you pray for crop failure on Sunday. But the reality is God sees. But through this, I believe this, those that have loved people and reached out, God's going to bring a harvest. Are you hearing me? I believe this is going to be the greatest days of our lives in this region, in this area. We look at what things are happening as the eyes of a nation were on us. The thing I love about South Louisiana, you know, they got the Cajun Navy. They got all those different things. That's, that's all great and cool and everything. But we're kind of people, we just pull up our bootstraps and go, hey, let's go for it. Amen? Because let me tell you something. We're not depending on things. We're depending on God. One thing I've learned about the South, they can make fun of us the way we talk, the way we do and everything else. There's one thing we do. We still have a fear of God. You can go to a bar and you cuss Jesus and you'll still get punched. In some places. We have a fear of God. But it's another thing. We need to learn to serve him. And serving God is, see, it's getting to know God. My friend, I'm a rapper, I'm done. God that my wife and I went to Bible college with. His name's Gary Lee. His daddy passed away yesterday. I saw it on Facebook. I just had a compassion for him. And he wrote, he said, my mom passed away four years ago. And my dad's going to be in glory for my mom again, with my mom again. Going to be with my mom. And they're going to praise God together. And I thought that was sweet. And I thought, you know what? His parents really did love God. And he loves God, Gary. He's their only child. And I thought about him and just wrote him back a thing. But the most important thing is that as he was writing and all the people that wrote him back, they all had an eternal perspective. Because one day we're all going to go and be with Jesus. That's the hope. See, God didn't make hell for you and me. He made hell for the enemy and the fallen angels. He never intended to send people there. Most people send themselves there. When they say no to God. 
Are you hearing me? And they say, no, God. But the reality is that God had a place made for us through his son that he came. He died upon the cross. And we know the same power that rose him from the grave, resurrection power, is the same power he's given us when we come and we ask him into our hearts. And he changes from the inside. All of a sudden we have resurrection power. Where people wrote us off. People said there's no way. And God goes, oh no, look to me. The Bible says all things are possible to him who believes. Do you believe? Do you believe? I'm asking you a question. Do you believe? God believes in you. Even when you don't believe in yourself. This is the last scripture. And it says, since then we have been raised with Christ. Set your heart on these things above. On, on, set your heart on things above. Where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above. Not on earthly things. And here's the last one. Here's what I started with. Out of the message. Psalms 42. And I'll end it with it. Where, why are you down in the dumps, dear soul? Why are you crying the blues? And I love what it says. Fix my eyes on God. Soon I'll be praising again. You know what I love about David? He could be in the mully grubs. But he says, when all this is over, I'm going to praise him again. You know, as Christians, you know what we, we're guilty of? Amnesia. Of the blessings God has blessed us with before. If God can do what he did before, he can do it again. Amen. So everyone, just close your eyes. Bow your heads. Have respect for God and for people around you. Maybe you're here this morning and you say, Pastor Baba, I know that I don't have a relationship with Jesus. But this morning, I want to know him. I want to invite him into my heart. That he would live. I want my will to be crossed by the will of God. I want to follow him and serve him with my whole heart. I've served him the way I want to, but I want to serve him with everything in me. Would you pray for me, Pastor Bubba? That's what I want to do. If that's you, this morning, say, I want to serve God and follow him with all my heart. If that's you, no one look around, just raise your hand. And I'll pray with you this morning. If that's you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Put it down. If you raise it, put it down. Thank you. Anyone else? Thank you. Thank you. Anyone else? Many people. Maybe you heard this morning say, Pastor Bubba, I know that I've allowed my emotions to get me this week. And I know that I want to continue to live, allow my emotions to dictate what I do, what I say, and how I do what you're telling me to do. God, change me from the inside. Help me. I want to die daily and let you live inside of me. That's you. you say, Pastor, no more of that. I want to serve God with my whole heart. No, I'm not going to allow my emotions to get Raise your hand. Raise all over. All over. All over. Thank you. You can put it down. Anyone else? Just give you a little moment. Thank you. Thank you. Look at me. I think we need to just pray for the first set of people that said, man, I, I really want to give my life. There's many people that raise their hand all over. And the second request, about everybody raise their hand. Okay. Can we pray this together? With those that raise their hand to come to know the Lord. Would you do that with me out loud as the church say, Jesus, thank you for dying for my sins. Today I surrender my life. 
completely to you. Come live inside of me. Change me from the inside out. With all my heart, I'm going to live for you today. Today, I give my life. I I give everything to serve you. Let me pray for the rest of you. Father, thank you. No, you don't have to. I'll pray this one. Thank you. Father, thank you. For everyone, raise your hand. I'm in that group. Sometimes I allow my emotions to get in the way of what you want to accomplish. That I feel like I have to give my opinion and my opinion is not what you need. Our opinions are not what you need. We need to listen to you and die daily. And so, Father, today, this morning, for every wonderful person that's here this morning, I pray that you would strengthen them and be with them. And, and God, just fill them fresh and new with your Holy Spirit. Resurrection power rests upon every heart, every mind. That we live by your purposes and fulfill your purposes for our lives. Lord, let us not, uh, God, find our identity on Facebook or find our identity in things. But let us find our identity in who you made us to be and what you made us to accomplish. The Lord, I pray your grace, grace over every heart and every mind in this place. In the mighty name of Jesus, as Pastor Josh comes, God bless you. Come on, isn't God good?